<laughs> five out of five donuts on that bottle. Bob. Oh yeah, that was good. That's the Jeez. first opening too. That was fantastic. I couldn't get it open. That was awesome. Like we're sitting there, and I'm just like, Ugh. all right. You ready to get spoopy? Welcome to the Buckhorn Podcast. I am Martel, and with me always is Randy. What up, Randy? What is going on? Oh, so much. Such this weekend. So this week is fair week in yeah. Fairfield County, and okay. the fair is canceled. This week is also pumpkin show weekend. This is our not so pumpkin show show. show. Yeah, I'm really kind of not sad. so pumpkin show. I'm kind of sad. I'm bummed because we moved to a much bigger place. We have the same access to the pea show as we did before. Right. Um, you and I could have sat out anywhere in the yard and, and talked record. to passersbys. And yeah, it would have been great. Recorded. Well, we could have went full mobile this year. Right. We could have recorded from our the food booths we were standing in line at. Yeah, we could have recorded from there because of the new equipment we have. We could have been, you know, we've been walking around with hand mics and no... Headphones, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Would have worked out perfect. We were. Ex- I was excited for this year. I was too, especially and when you said you were moving, and then COVID, and then shit got canceled. And yeah, but this week has been. It's been a really good week here at the house. Good. So we've done some repainting. Uh, our living room got repainted. Finished that up. Got some doors repainted. I'm going to have to move my paint shop into the basement to finish up the rest of the doors. Get some more painting done here soon. But I had. Half of a frigging cheer squad in this house. On purpose? Yes. So it was Lexi's friends. And it made me absolutely happy that she had friends over laughing, giggling, and having a great old time. Well, that's good. So, because we good. were having some some serious issues last March. Yeah. She was just kind of like, Man, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, just kind of bummed. Kind of and- bummed. And so having, like, everybody over here was fantastic. That's good. So she's happy. I'm happy. Good deal. Speaking of cheerleaders, that reminds me. So uh, our friend's daughter, Sydney, is a junior at Taze Valley. Yeah. This uh, week, she became the first ever female to score points for Taze Valley football. Nice. For a varsity game. She's a kicker. Hell yeah. Killer soccer player became a kicker. Uh, freshman year, I believe. And she is a junior now and kicked in the varsity game and made both Field goal she attempted. And won the game. So they did win. Ah, see? I think. I she won the game. Maybe they lost. I don't know. But she made she made her field goal. She did her job. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. That is awesome. She decided to go out and do something. And she's now in the history books. And she's placed her stamp on her high school. That's awesome. I saw a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old. Seventh grader. <laughs> I was like, okay. Seventh grader kick a 33-yard field goal. Nice. Which... For most people, that's... I couldn't do that right I now. I couldn't do it today. Yeah. <laughs> but for a seventh grader to do that is... It's kind of unheard of. Like, it's... Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, there's kids that can do it, obviously, but it just went... It just just made it over the upright. Just it, slipped right it in went there. ping and flipped over. Nice. It counts. It counts. We were all pissed, though, because it was the other... The other <laughs> <game>. <laughs> it, it wasn't... It wasn't BC. So, uh, let's but, see. Today... We're, it, it, here's the thing. It's kind of like with Pumpkin Show getting canceled, fairs getting canceled, 
it, it kind of feels like fall isn't here. It definitely is. The leaves are changing. The temperature dropped drastically in the last week. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've done a lot of fishing. You've done a lot of fishing. Um, it's not the best time to go fishing, but. People have been out. You know, a bunch of my buddies are out hunting. I have not been. I am going hunting, too. Um, but it feels like something's missing from fall. Football started back, kind of. Big Ten still hasn't kicked off just yet. But they're um, supposed to. But I've yep, actually been watching more football, Have which you? is kind of weird. Yeah, I was I was listening to game day. I, I love college game day. I try to catch it every week. If I'm driving, I'll put it on my phone and just listen to it. Yeah. Uh, play it through the speakers. And uh, so I was listening to that today and looking forward to getting home and watching. I'm going to help Dad some more on the 52. We're like within two weeks of this truck being done. It looks really good. It's so close now. Um, so I'm going to help him a little on that here today. And then... Uh, yeah, just go home and watch. There's some good games on tonight, supposed to be, so. Nice. It's fall. We just it is definitely fall. Show. Um, I was going to say something. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Something about football? Oh, no. Uh, you said game day. I thought ESPN. ESPN yeah. led to Hulu. I have Hulu. Okay. Uh, my sister gave me a login, so I'm not sure. But. Um, hey, you're permitted so many. I know. Uh, so I've been watching different things on Hulu. Now, I watched Letter Kenny. Yeah. I am too smart to watch that show. <laughs> that is the dumbest fucking show oh, I've, ever, so good. I've ever watched. It's How much did you watch? I watched five episodes. It's so good. It I, gets I, so much better. I mean, so it, it's got funny parts. Wait until you get into Shorzy. I, I'm not watching it anymore. I no, moved see? on to, like, the Wu-Tang show, and <laughs> which is really good. Um, it's, it's called Wu-Tang and American Saga. I'm too Saga. smart to watch Letterkenny. So I watched Letter the Wu Tang show. Wu Tang American Saga is really good. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. Um, but it's not I thought you were going to say something like real intellectual, no. not Wu Tang show. No. Um, I've been watching Archer, like catching up on the season. I missed Archer. I never got into that. Watching Animaniacs. That uh, classic. Handmaid's Tale. Which, oh, they're bringing back Animaniacs. Are they? Yeah, Hulu is. And Pinky and the Brain. The, well, yeah, that's, yeah, both the, that's a gimme. Um, I well, no, I think they own their own show. Because right, they, they had, had their, their own, own, yeah, but they're bringing them back. I think as their, as their own, own. Show, I, I wish hope. they'd bring back Hysteria. I don't know if you remember that. It came on remember. after Animaniacs in the afternoons. I don't remember that one. Tiny yeah. Tunes. No, we'd get off the bus. Hysteria was it was all historical. You know how drunk history is now. It's like a yeah. funnier take on it. But it gets, Hysteria was the same, but with Animaniacs type comedy. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, it was great. Um, but we've been watching Handmaid's Tale, which is really good. Never seen it. Uh, what else? And then there's. A show I started watching. It's eight individual shows called Monsterland on Hulu. Heard of it. Have not watched it. The first the first one's just fucked up. Like, they are just fucked up horror shows that are going on th- throughout October. So, just like, whew, damn. I just got done binge-watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. I need to finish up season two. Phenomenal. It is. I When season I started watching amazing. it, yeah, I started watching it, and I was, you know, or I got ready to watch it. I was like, ah, I don't know how good this will be. It's... All the remakes and stuff, but it's not a remake. It's a continuation no. of the story. Yeah. And the flashbacks and everything, it was like, it, it's just really cool to, some of the kid actors, especially the first season, are kind of, eh. Yeah. But it gets the better. story, I thought the writing was done really well. It is. It is. I it's like some, the storyline. I like so it. I, and I, I like how they're playing up. it that, depending on where you're sitting, where you sit and watch it, not like in the house, but as you, from what side you're looking at. Yeah. Daniel's the bully. Yeah. Which I've seen. There's a whole YouTube thing about him oh, being yeah, the I've bully, and I, after watching that, and then sitting here watching this. Well, and, and I think at some yeah. point they play into it too because they, 
they even, you know, the internet's like, he lost because that's an illegal kick. Well, in spoiler alert, in Cobra Kai, Johnny mentions that at one point. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that was an illegal kick. <laughs> so it's like they, they, they kind of leaned into that, uh, culture, fandom, whatever you want to call it of, no, Johnny wasn't the hero. And so, or not Johnny, uh, Daniel, Daniel wasn't the hero. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was well done. I just finished season two yesterday, two days ago, I think. Yeah, I need, I need to start watching season one. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's really good. So, um, so yeah, today just general chit chat. We got something new to, tra- well, it's not new. We're going to revisit something that we did samplers on. Yes. And Ohio finally got it. I almost, I picked, I, I forgot to pick it up while I was in South Carolina. I just honestly did not go back to the store because the store didn't have anything other than this that I wanted. And I completely forgot about it. I couldn't remember where I saw it. And then we we're leaving and I'm like, shit, it was that store. And then you're gone. Then I'm gone. So, uh, what we have today is Noble Oak, Double Oak Bourbon. Now, we did this before, we liked it, but I want to give it a proper go. So, we're going to revisit. This one. I like it. Um, it is 45%. So, and it is a bourbon whiskey finished in sherry oak staves, or with sherry oak staves, sorry. Okay. So kind of like what Makers does. They throw staves in and let them sit and maturate. Right. Is that a word? Yeah. Is that a good word for that? So we'll give, we'll give this a go. <laughs> five out of five donuts on that bottle. Bob. Oh yeah, that was good. That's the Jeez. first opening too. That was fantastic. I couldn't get it open. That was awesome. Like we're sitting there, and I'm just like, Ugh. I was about to talk to fill the silence, and I was like, no, wait, this is going to be good. So you don't always have to fill the silence. I know. Don't have to always fill the void. Silence is golden, isn't that what they say in the movie theaters? Uh, they do say that. Isn't there a song about that? I don't know. Is there? I don't know. There might be. I don't know if there's a song or not. Even putting the cork back in was nice. So anyway, uh, we'll kind of go over this as we're just kind of BSing and and talking. Talk about some false stuff and pumpkin-y things. It's so good on the nose. Yeah, this is a candle one. Yeah, this is... I may have to go buy another bottle. So, like, we did the Legion on a previous episode, and... I sent some friends down to buy it. I'm like, go go get some. They didn't have it. It was gone. Yeah. They're not getting many bottles at Pit Stop of it. So when I was down there. Like I said during the episode, it's going to become Blanton's, it's man. Not, it's not going to be the Blanton's. It's. Uh, it's going to have to get in line at 5 a.m. to get a bottle of Legion. No, it's not. Because I was down. I went I went to the liquor store. at. They opened at 8. I was there at 9 when they got their shipments in. And I was like kind of peeking through all the boxes to see what all they got. Uh, they had Buffalo Trace, a couple bottles of that. I picked up a bottle. They had uh, Weller's Special Reserve, small and large bottles. Yeah. Readily. Just one guy walks in and, like, snatches up a bottle, like the huge bottle of Weller, like someone was going to steal his child. <laughs> I was like, just calm down. Jesus, yeah, there's just, three bottles there, yeah. and no one's eyeballing them. It's just Weller. Settle buddy. down. Um, But then I met – oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ship here. Um, but Legion, they had five bottles of Legion. So I took a picture of it and I sent it to a friend. I'm like, Hey, you, you were down here to get it. It wasn't there. They got five bottles. Well, after I turned around, this older gentleman was holding a bottle of something. He walks over, he picks it up. 
sets it on the upper shelf and starts reviewing. I'm like, don't bother reviewing it. Go ahead and buy it. Just take my word for it. Buy it. I, I bought a bottle. We've reviewed it on a show that I do. Just go ahead and buy that bottle. And he's like, well, you know, I'm like, it's really good. It's kind of sweet. It's good. Trust me. Just go get it. So he ended up walking out with that bottle. And then I met the um, – she was a whiskey rep, liquor rep, whatever you want to call her, for Old Elk. Now, I know Dude and Tyler just did a show with the uh, – was it the Master Distiller, I think, from, old, like that, from yeah. old Elk. And she's like, well, you know, this is one that you really need to get, this, this weeded one that Old Elk has – $65 for the bottle. I'm like, hmm, I'm not looking to spend that today. Yeah. So I ended up picking up another bottle of Nika as well, and this Noble Oak, and some BT. How much was a Noble Oak? It's like 35 bucks. Nice. In all, I bought a bottle of wine and three bottles of whiskey, and it was $135. Gotcha. Okay. If I had bought the Old Elk, that's half the price of everything I just bought. Right. Basically. So... Good deal. I, I, I wanted to maximize my purchasing power. Right. Even after I sent Liz a text, I said, ooh, today could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you get on the nose? Oh, good stuff. Well, on the nose, it smells like whiskey. It smells like heaven. This is what heaven smells like. It's sweet. This is what purgatory smells like. On the nose. It's very sweet. Like a... Just say a vanilla or a caramel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to like. It's just so hard to pick different notes. This one I, I get more vanilla than caramel. I get a little floral note in there. I'm not getting that. Just a little bit. This really tastes like a vanilla. Some kind of a vanilla mixed with something candle to me. Vanilla whiskey candle. Vanilla and lilacs. Sure. All right. Vanillax. Yeah. Sounds like a laxative. Ooh. <laughs> laxative. Gross. But anyway, um, you have some stuff that you want to go over that you called pasta stories. Creepy pasta. Yeah, and we're gonna get spaghetti. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's fall. We're we're this is the non pumpkin show show. Uh we just took the boys out to Lostro's family farm or whatever and did all the activities there and picked out pumpkins. It's one of those Pumpkin patch places. Yeah. Uh, so we actually just did that last night. So we're in the fall mood. And I had this link I sent to myself that it is somebody else sent me. And it's all from outdoorsmen, um, hikers, campers. It's a forum. Yeah. And somebody started saying, hey, have you guys ever seen or heard anything strange while you're out, you know, away from civilization? Right. So I sent myself the link, man, <laughs> a year or two ago. It's saved in my email. Uh, as a matter of fact, this first one I'm going to read was entered in, in 2009. Okay. So it's been a minute. It's been a while. But somebody sent it to me, and I haven't read any of these, but the first sentence of this one says, you guys haven't heard creepy until you heard the legend of the Stick Indians. Stick Indians. So okay. I was intrigued. So I figured, you know what? Uh, creepypasta, if you Google creepypasta, you will get all kinds of stories. That's where Slenderman started. Oh. Slenderman was a creepypasta. Creepypasta is another word for copy-paste. It's a, taking a, taking, you know, these words and sharing them and spreading around. It's the old chain email. Yeah. Just copied and pasted on all different forums and sites and Reddit and whatever. Uh, 
But creepypasta, yeah, it's just basically horror stories that real people share. Okay. A lot of them, I've read some of them um, back in the day. You can tell they're fabricated, but they're done pretty well. It's kind of like a good horror movie or book. So there's a website called Weird US, or Weird 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 USA, or Weird United yeah. States, but you can find like Weird Ohio that Weird has Ohio, yeah. creepy ass stories yep. on it. Yep, that's a good one. I I started with Forgotten Ohio back in 2000. Forgotten Ohio, it's the same thing. Yeah, out, yeah. That site's gone now, unfortunately. They still have a Facebook page, but yeah, Weird Ohio is another good one that has a lot of um, local urban legends and tales. Yeah, and you know a lot of the ones we've heard of. Like the couple that's making out, and they hear scratching on the car, and they get out, and there's a hook on the handle. That's a tale as old as time. Right. That's what I'm saying. Those are old ones. So I figured I'm going to read these ones straight from, you know, the reliable people on the interwebs. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Okay. So I've not read any of these. So we're just going to wing it about the stick Indians here to start out, and we'll see where it leads us. Sounds good. So it says, uh, and if I take a break or pause to sip my water or whiskey forgive me no no like i did there to get started gotta wet my whistle my whistle so so that's see i can't do that <laughs> you can't whistle your s's no, nope oh liz hates it because i'll do the the beaver no. from lady and the tramp Give where he gets example. the muzzle he's like Say, that works swell. It sounded like Herbert the Pervert almost. Oh, yeah, the old man from, from Family Guy. Family Guy. Hey, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> I should have you read a whole story like that. It's difficult. I'm sure. All right, so it says this is a, a legend of the Cascade Mountains of Washington State. Okay. That people in the forest have heard sounds like children laughing and playing. Creepy. That, yeah, that can get creepy. Kids are creepy, man. This kids is, are the creepiest. Yeah, especially your own kids. Because when they ask, they ask certain questions that make me go, okay, how many ghosts have you talked to this week? But anyway. Aren't ghosts just imaginary friends? What? Imaginary friends that can kill you in your sleep. Okay. So this is in remote areas, no campgrounds, resorts, or anything nearby. When they go to investigate the source of the laughing children, they are never heard from again. Don't ever let your child wander off in the woods, or he may vanish and be turned into a stick Indian himself. Another Indian legend here is the coastal Indians of the Olympic Peninsula. There are old-growth trees that have faces in them. The Indians believe these were people that went walking out into the forest at night, and the trees grabbed them, and they can never get out. Okay. They are now part of the tree. <laughs> They're just so absorbed. They have to be dead at this point, right? I don't know. They're part of the tree. That's that's where they filmed uh, that scene of Wizard of Oz. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. So what else you got? All right. Again, I haven't previewed any of these, so I don't know where it's going. One time I was out at my local creek, and I had the urge to take a leak. Except he's, he spelled it L-E-E-K. That's a food. Right. <laughs> Apparently they grow there. <laughs> I give it to him. So I walked up the creek and started taking care of business. And while I was, I was looking around, and about a foot away from where I was standing, a three-foot cottonmouth was coiled up looking at me. <laughs> After a brief moment of cussing, I zipped myself back up, and it swam away. That sucked. Don't tread on me. That's dumb. That was stupid. It's not even a scary story. That's not even a story. 
That's a, a guy so dumb talking at a bar. This is a guy that saw a snake. Yeah. Ooh. So All funny. right. Give me something good. I don't. Let me find you a good one. G- give me something good. I want. Have wait. you ever had an experience? Because I've had my own stories. Um. That not I could tell. necessarily. I mean, you hear when you're out in the woods, you hear things. Like. I mean, it don't even have just to be noises. in the woods. Well, I'm just saying, even like you just noises and and other shit. Um. I have read stories about like the melon heads of Ohio, the right. melon head kids of Ohio. Every state has like a you know, we heard scratching on the car, and when we opened the door, there was a hook on the mirror. Blah blah blah. Um, but there's some like freakier things, like the uh, insanatorium. I don't know what exactly what it's called. But it was da- it's down in OU that was closed down, and then I think they ultimately ended up tearing down the building. Um, there was here in Lancaster, there used to be an old haunted house called the Mud House, the house on Mud House Road. Yeah, the, most people call it Mud House Mansion. Mud House Mansion. And they tore that down four years ago, I think, because people just continued to trespass on it. And it was an old rickety house that— And the old lady would shoot at people reportedly. Like uh, she she just called tra- the cops. Trespassing. She called the cops. She uh, did. A, there was a lot of cop calling. I don't know that she ever actually shot at anybody. That 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 goes to that. I've read tales where people have said that, but it's not anybody I know, so right. I can't verify it. But as far as like my own, I don't. I don't go outside at night. So I take I I I, I do. I just, I don't have anything. Nothing crazy? Nothing crazy like, oh, oh, I went outside and I went, oh, that smells like a skunk. And so I ran back in. <laughs> I saw I saw a dog laying in the grass. So here's one called Enjoy Your Stay at the Covenwood Inn. Again, have not previewed this. Oh. So let's see. Business trips are dreadfully boring. I, I can attest to that. Especially in my line of work. The only good thing about them? Hotels. The tedium of day-to-day dealings bookended with clean towels and a mint on my pillow. They don't do that anymore. It depends on the hotel. Hmm. If I could live in one, I surely would. There's just something in the ambiance that soothes my soul, for a lack of better phrase. At least, that's how I felt until staying at the Covenwood Inn. I do like staying at hotels. I travel a lot, but I don't like doing it so often. I don't get to see my family a lot. Yeah. So it seemed like any other hotel at first. Typical floor plan, decorative arrangements, overly polite check-in clerk. It wasn't until I received my key card and ventured up to room 371 that I would notice a dissonance in the layout. Something amiss that broke up the usual hotel landscape. In my room, placed deliberately on the bed was a sheet of paper. Restrictions printed on official Covenwood in stationery. Restrictions? Room, yep. We're going to get into them right here. As you take a sip of your whiskey and I take a sip of water because my mouth's drying out. Okay. Says, room 371 guidelines. No television after 9 p.m. Only accept incoming calls on the room phone. Leaving your room between the hours of 10.30 p.m. and 1.30 a.m. is strictly forbidden. At least two to an elevator at a time. Never going alone. No visitors. If there's a knock at the door, ignore it. 
The mini bar is for emergencies only. The view is a lie. Hold on. Don't trust it. Why would the mini bar be for what? What emergency? Would you need a mini bar for? Is there like a flare gun in there? I don't know. We're going to find out All together. Right. And it ended with "Enjoy your stay." This was odd. I'd never seen anything like it. Not once in any of the hotels I stayed in in the past. Perplexed, I called the front desk for answers. All rules are to be followed during your stay. The clerk stated this plainly, as if he had uttered it a thousand times before. I don't understand. What emergency would warrant the use of a minibar? Oh, good question. Yeah, that's what I said. Why can't I watch TV after nine? What does the view as a lie even mean? I was offered the same reply, spoken with the same tone as before, not unlike a recording. All rules are to be followed during your stay. Click. And that was it. No answers, no explanation. Assuming it was some sort of strange hotel humor I was unfamiliar with, I threw the list on the bedside table and forgot all about it until later that night. As I lied in bed, watching the 10 o'clock news, something completely out of the ordinary happened. The reporter began scratching at her face. A little at first, but then a lot. Her motions became aggressive and skin became peeling. Blood dripped from the wounds as she continued to relay her report without missing a beat. No one seemed to even notice or react to her appearance. Eventually, she froze in place and stared at the camera. Then a close-up of her face, grotesque and mangled. Her bloodied lips spread apart and offered an ominous statement. Don't break the rules, Jack. I jumped out of bed, left my room, and ran downstairs. My voice echoed through the lobby as I barged over to the front desk. What the hell's going on here? The receptionist didn't so much as blink at my intrusion. What can I help you with, sir? I just watched a news reporter tear apart her own face and tell me, me personally, to follow your bizarre hotel rules. Is this some sort of sick joke? He pointed at the wall clock behind him. It's 1018, sir. In room 371, there's no television passed. I grabbed him by the collar. I don't appreciate being toyed with. Continue this jest and there will be a call made to the authorities. Mark my words. I let go of him and stormed off, his monotone voice trailing off in the distance. All rules are to be followed during your stay. I returned to my room, shut the TV off, and lay down to sleep, pissed off but exhausted. Unfortunately for me, my slumber would be short-lived. I awoke later that night in a fit of sleep paralysis hidden in place by my own body. At the foot of my bed was a shadowy figure whose features I couldn't quite make out in the darkness. A warmth overtook the room as it stepped over to my side. My heart began to race. Closer now, I could see it was a man, maybe in his 50s, well-dressed, gray mustache. He leaned over me and spoke with a disturbingly unnatural timbre. His voice echoed off the walls and met my ear, with an inhuman cadence. It's a pleasure to meet you, Jack. Are you enjoying your stay so far? I don't think that, that would have been his voice. No. Inhuman cadence. It's a pleasure to meet you, Jack. Jack. Uh, never mind. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you, Jack. You enjoying your stay so far? I doubt that's his voice either. <laughs> I tried to break free, free from my chemical restraints, but it was no use. 
Where are my manners? I'm Garrett Covenwood, the owner of this year hotel. I like to greet my guests whenever I can. Hey, you better not greet me in my frickin' room, creepy old dude. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he rested his head on my arm. Brown, 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 brown. I've been feeling fine, baby. <laughs> there was a stinging sensation where his skin met mine. Ooh, it's so tingly. He is. He must have put some Ben Gay on. Mm, or some bio Icy stuff. hot. But I could barely wince in response to the pain. Follow the rules, Jack. If you don't, you're in for a bumpy ride. Not to be confused with a humpy ride. All at once, the warmth dissipated, and the sound of my cell phone buzzing rendered me fully awake. I jolted to a sitting position and reclaimed my movement. Reclaiming my movement. The man was gone and my arm was fine. Thank God, it was just a nightmare. I quickly grabbed my phone and answered it. It was my boss, Coulter. That's a weird name. Yeah. Hey, Jack, there's been a change of plans. Need you down in the lobby right away. What for? I asked, somewhat groggily. No time to waste. Hurry up. Click. I looked at the time. It was 12.36 a.m. I was forbidden to leave my room, according to the damned rules. I called the front desk. Listen here. I need to come down to the lobby and meet my boss. I don't care what your rules say. There better be no weirdness. You hear me? The sound of tapping away at a keyboard filled my ear. Sir, our records show that your boss, Coulter Brumlock, is fast asleep in his room. Confusion washed over me. In his room asleep? How would you even know that? Are you telling me there's no one in the lobby waiting for me? No, sir. It's a slow night. Just me and the fam. <laughs> me and the fern in the corner. I hung up the phone and dialed Coulter's number. After two tones, he picked up. This better be good, Jack. I was sleeping. Coulter, you didn't just call me a moment ago and ask me to meet you downstairs, did you? He let out a groggy sigh. Of course not. What are you talking about? Can I go back to bed now? Another wave of confusion struck. Sure, it was probably a wrong number or something. Sorry to wake you. Before hanging up, I asked him one last question. Say, you didn't get a weird list of rules from the hotel, did you? No. Now let me sleep. Click. I was just getting ready to ask. Is this, like, his room only? Just room 371 rules. Just close that room off. <laughs> right. Why put See, people in this room? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need that room. Yeah. He hung up, and I sat there contemplating things. Honestly, it felt as though I was hanging onto my sanity by a single fragile thread. I had told myself the images on the TV were the hotel's doing, but this... This couldn't be faked. Coulter and I had known each other for years. I knew his raspy voice anywhere. Better than I knew my own. How's that possible? That was definitely him on the other line, but at the same time, it couldn't have been. It was, by all means, a mystery. The next day of work came and went. Before long, Coulter and I met back at the hotel, where we dispersed to our separate rooms. What was once the highlight of any given business trip was now tainted by uncertainty. Go to a different hotel. Yeah, that's my. If, if I have one night like that, I ain't going back to I that room back. again. I had like, a similar experience. DoorDash I'm, got the wrong hotel. <laughs> like I'm going to start injecting commentary into some of this. You should. That's what we do. I know. Well, I've been listening intently though. I was reading intently for a minute until I got to the part that kind of made me laugh, and I broke I broke out of character. When you said "fam" instead of "fern," well, before that too. 
For a good long while, I sat there in bed, still in my dress attire, perusing the list of rules on the bedside table. I couldn't make sense of them any more than when I'd arrived, but it had become abundantly apparent that something was going on. Something unexplainable. Part of me hoped it was the product of a tired mind overworked and succumbing to the side effects of exhaustion. But lies, even the ones we tell ourselves, only stretch so far. After undressing and climbing beneath the sheets for some much-needed rest, there was a knock at the door. Rule number five came to mind. No visitors. If there's a knock at the door, ignore it. What if What if you just look through the people? Is there a peephole, though? I don't know. Sounds like a really shitty hotel. I don't know. It's like a charge-by-the-hour place. Hey, now. It felt silly, but I did as the rule demanded. Best to act with an air of caution, I thought. Better safe than sorry. The knocking, however, was soon followed by a voice. Coulter's voice. Jack, are you in there? Your wife called me. Says she couldn't get through on yourself. Something happened to Leslie. My heart sank. Leslie was our daughter. I jumped out of bed, ran to the door, and opened it at once. Coulter walked in, visibly troubled. What's going on? What happened to Leslie? Coulter bore a look of deep concern. Well, it's not good news. My heart was pounding. Out with it already. What happened? This is my daughter we're talking about. He looked at me, almost teary-eyed. Leslie's dead, Jack. All color vanished from the room. What air I had in me left my lungs in a single labeled breath as a steady stream of tears wet my face. Coulter put his hand on my shoulder. There's more. Please sit down. I fell to the bed broken. The truth is, Jack, you broke rule number five. Now I have to hurt you. His lips stretched into a wicked grin and his body froze. He was still as a statue. Coulter, I don't understand. In a flash, his hands lunged and connected with my neck. With a viciously tight grip, he began squeezing the air out of my lungs. I tried to fight back, but his strength was overwhelming. I managed to get in a few jabs to his head, but it didn't seem to have any effect whatsoever. He forced me to the floor and continued to clench my throat, until finally I lost consciousness. In that moment, I truly thought I was a goner. He should have learned from my guy. Yeah. He could have rolled him, gotten... Buck and roll, man. I awoke in bed the next morning, alive and well. I quickly reached for my phone and noticed a text from Charlotte. Just put Leslie on the bus. She misses you terribly. So do I. Please be safe. We love you. This guy needs to leave this room. This guy needs to quit doing acid. That too. And shrooms. I got out of bed and raced to the bathroom mirror. My neck was void of bruising. No signs of strangulation. I called Charlotte to be doubly certain. To my relief, Leslie was indeed fine as alive as she was the day I left. It all just felt so real. Could it have really been a dream? Frazzled, I met up with Coulter and we drove to our next meeting. I could still feel his hands wrapped around my neck. I refused to make eye contact with him the entire day, and he noticed. What could I say without sounding certifiable? Hey, the hotel left me this weird list of rules to follow, and now I think I'm seeing things. I want to stop for coffee before you drop me off at the nearest hospital. No. That wouldn't bode well. Mind food poisoning, mild food poisoning from the sushi at the hotel bar was a far better excuse. Only a few more days of torment, then I could leave. Why a few more days? That's what I kept leave telling myself. Leave the fucking hotel. Little did I, get a different room. 
No, I'd leave the hotel altogether. I'd leave the city. I'm, I'm out. I'd go home. I mean, at this point, I'm completely out. Yeah, fire me. Only a few more days of torment, then I could leave. That's what I kept telling myself. Little did I know, my night there, my next night there, would be the longest one yet. I woke up at 11.22 p.m., according to the blinking display of the alarm clock on the desk across the room. As my eyes adjusted, I noticed a faint orange light dancing on the wall, pouring in through the gap in the curtains. I pulled myself out of bed and walked over to the window to identify the source of the light. What I saw was absolutely horrifying. The hotel was ablaze, an enormous fire engulfing the ground floor. The flames grew to great heights and touched the glass in front of me before I had the nerve to turn away and make a run for it. And leaving my room, I yelled to warn other guests. Fire! There's a fire! We need to leave at once! No one joined me in the hall. There was no sound at all coming from within any of the other rooms on the floor. He broke another rule. He did. Again. Son of a bitch, he never learns. He doesn't. Had everyone already evacuated? Was I the only one inside? I opened the first door in reach. It was unlocked. Inside was the reporter from TV, her face still dripping red, a blood stain on the carpet below. You should have followed the rules, Jack. I slammed the door shut and moved on. In the next room was Coulter. I watched him strangling a copy of me before his head turned and we locked eyes. He threw my lifeless body to the floor and started running to my position. You can't hide, Jack. I closed the door and ran to the next. This room contains... He keeps opening doors. Quit opening doors. <laughs> I'm a, I, there's so much frustration right now <laughs> close, with this guy. I closed the door and ran to the next. This room contained yet another impossibility. The worst one yet. It was my wife and daughter standing at the door. Their eyes were vacant, drained of all human emotion. I watched astonished as their skin burned to a crisp before my eyes. Charlotte spoke first. We miss you terribly, Jack. Leslie chimed in after. When will you be home, Daddy? I couldn't escape them. These horrors were around every corner. In a last-ditch effort to run away from my troubles, I bolted to the nearby elevator. The button was jammed, but I kept pressing it. I looked down the hall to see the reporter, Coulter, my wife, and daughter all walking towards me. Come on, come on, work, you piece of crap, work. Finally, the button gave way and the doors opened. I hopped into the metal box and pushed the button for the first floor. The doors closed just as the ragtag team of zombies closed the gap between us. I slid to the floor on the verge of a heart attack. The ride down offered no solace. No law on the supernatural calamity I faced. Without warning, the elevator dropped, plunging to the depths of the hotel far deeper than I thought possible. I gripped the railing as tight as I could. As the light wavered in and out of life between flickers, Garrett appeared before me. Garrett? Who's Garrett? We know Garrett. You've broken... Oh, Garrett, Garrett's the old dude that owns the hotel, right? I guess. You're so angry. I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where... Like, I want to strangle the shit out of this guy, and I'm not going to be... <laughs> You're Coulter. <laughs> I'm not going to be some, like, apparition. You've broken almost every rule, Jack. This is what happens. You'll destroy us all if you're not careful. He vanished. The light left with him. Knowing my death was fast approaching, I closed my eyes and thought of Charlotte and Leslie. I could see them playing outside in the rain on the day I left. It was always heartbreaking to say goodbye, and this would be no different. I held on to their memory, embraced for impact. As the elevator neared the end of its descent, Garrett's booming voice entered my mind and broke the trance. Wake up, Jack! 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> was that really loud? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the girls were probably like, who's it, Jack? It was loud in the room, right, not I on the microphone. And then I just killed it by asking if it was loud. <laughs> Jarred, my eyes opened, and I fell back, landing on the floor. The unique abrasiveness of carpet brushed against my skin. I was no longer in the elevator. Upon taking a deep breath and gathering my wits, the familiar surroundings set in. I had inexplicably been transported back to room 371. He lagged. As I looked around in disbelief, happy to be alive, I noticed the list in my hand. Rule number seven was now circled. The view is a lie. Don't trust it. It took a minute to register, but now I knew what it meant. The view through the window, there was never any fire. It was just another ploy to get me to leave the room, and I foolishly took the bait. My eyes darted to the alarm clock on the desk. It was 1.47 a.m., meaning it was now safe to leave. I needed to get the hell out of there, and fast. This About guy, gee, he needs. He should have left like after the first night. Like, yeah. He should have left when he found the note. I don't well, like, no. In reality <laughs> is, when someone, if I go to a hotel, and they go, oh, here's a couple rules. Uh, no phone calls. No watching TV. The view is a lie. Don't ride the elevator alone. Don't leave your room. I'm like, okay. I'm is I'm this out. for all rooms or just this room? The next question is going to be is, give me a refund. Yeah. And it's not even a question. That's a statement. I'm out. I'm out. All right. I stood up, marched to the door, and grabbed the knob. It was hot to the touch. Burning hot. He was Mar from Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled my hand back instinctively to avoid the harsh heat. I then noticed the charred wood on the bottom of the door's frame, indicating fire. Real fire. But how? I thought the view had deceived me. I looked back to the list for answers and noticed a postscript scribbled in pen. You should have followed the rules, Jack. You did this. Now we all have to suffer. My eyes scanned the page for more clues, to no avail. They kept landing on rule number seven. In addition to being circled, it was underlined with a striking red ink. Why did my attention need to be drawn there? Was it just gloating or something more? Then, that's when it hit me. I walked over to the window and peered outside. The fire raged on outside my room, but the world below seemed unaffected. No flames, no firefighters, no one running out of the hotel. Just a plain parking lot, traffic on the main road, and trees in the distance. As normal a view as one could hope to expect from this particular vantage point but the view was a lie. I tried opening the window, but an unforeseen force closed it shut on my fingers. I screamed and pulled them back. Ow. <laughs> Ow! Ow. In a great deal of agony, I lifted the chair at the desk and threw it against the glass. It shattered, revealing the world outside for what it really is. I saw the fiery wall below and heard the guests screaming in peril. There was indeed a fire, and I truly was in danger. Still in pain, I picked up the list and looked at rule number six. The you haven't read, you've, you've never read this before, right? Never. I swear. I swear to God, this guy's just going to wake up from a bad dream. I was thinking that too. But or I've another never dimension. I have no clue. He used a, a dimension gun or a portal gun, and he's. But looking at the bar, we're getting close to the end, so we'll find out. God, this is a long ass story. Still in pain, I picked up the list and looked at rule number six. The mini bar 
is for emergencies only. Oh, Lord. So I took a few shots of whiskey and laid there and died at the end. That's <laughs> this was certainly an Thank emergency. Thank God it's over. Right. <laughs> Just let it end. This was certainly an emergency. Without any time to waste, I opened up the mini bar next to the desk. Inside, there were no drinks or food, only a small black box with a red button affixed to a surface. I pulled it out and placed it on the bed. There was now smoke seeping into the room through the outline of the doorway. Looking over the list again, there was no further instructions, nothing at all pertaining to the box. There was only one course of action left to take. What would you do in the situation? Push it? Well, I mean, what else? You yeah, do? Why not, right? Why not? He's done everything else wrong. You might as well take the red pill, push the button. I closed my eyes and pressed the button as hard as I could, putting my life in its hands. Memories played in my mind like a film reel running in reverse. The day's events followed by the previous and so on. I relived all of the fear and torment in a matter of seconds until eventually my eyes opened and I found myself in line with Coulter at the front desk waiting to check in. This place isn't too shabby, Jack. Better than the last one, at least. I can't explain how, but I was back in the hotel lobby on the first day of the business trip, the day we checked in. Say, Jack, what happened to your hands? I looked down and saw the bruises left by the window. Oh, it's nothing. I slammed them in the car door, that's all. Both of them? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, kicked, I kicked it close with my foot. He was cut off by the check and clerk greeting me. I was now in front of the line. Do you have a reservation, sir? I stared at him for a while, remembering everything that had happened. I then backed away from the counter and turned to leave. Jack, where are you going? Sorry, Coulter. I think I'm going to get an Airbnb instead. I'll see you tomorrow. He waved his arms at me frustrated and then turned back to book his room. I heard the clerk handing him his key card before I reached the exit. Here you are, sir. Room 371 on the second floor. We hope you enjoy your stay. 371 on the second floor. That doesn't even make sense. And that's the end. Hmm. Yeah. So how would you rate this whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got into the story. I'll be honest. There are parts where I was reading. I was like actually like wondering what happened next. I know. I, well, I'm sitting there. I mean, that's why I didn't say much because I'm sitting there listening. I'm getting into it and I'm trying to figure out. But at the same time, I'm like, this guy is a dumb fuck. Well, yeah, it's like watching a horror movie, though, right? Let's go hide. Let's <laughs> let's get in the car. No, let's go hide in the shed with all the chainsaws. Right, exactly. Which I was listening to another podcast, and they were they were reading some that listeners had sent in that you know supposedly happened to them. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they were talking about, and I forget who it was, they mentioned some psychologist, psychiatrist, somebody smarter than us. Um, how easy it is when you're removed from the situation to think clearly. But yeah. when crap's happening, like if you showed up to a hotel and saw a list like that, I mean, it, it'd make you, I'd be quizzical, but would you really think anything bad would happen if you watched TV after nine? No. So, you know what I'm saying? So like putting yourself in but his shoes. I would be more curious of why they're handing me a list with that on it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that would be the first thing I'd look at. I'd be like, why? Yeah. Like, give me an explanation. I'm not going <laughs> right. to. I'm not just going to chill here and accept this as. Accept this as fact. Right. Or truth. Why? Like, what's. And why this room? And why is room 371 on the second floor? Yeah, that would be my first question. Like. Because I, I stay in a lot of hotels. Because I don't. Well, that, I stay in the same ones every 
time I make a trip. But that still. wasn't mentioned in the beginning of the story. Nope. 371 on the second floor. Nope, it just said room 371. Yeah. Well, it's like having a 13th floor in a building. They don't exist. They do. It's just the they call it the 14th floor. Yeah. But... Well, yeah, I, was, I learned all about that in the book Sideways Stories from Wayside School. Oh, yeah? I should get that book and read it on the air. That's Ugh. a good one. Why well, I had pulled So while you were doing it, I had pulled up a couple of the weird U.S. stuff. Oh, yeah, I saw you move stuff, but I was trying to stay focused. But I think I'm going to hold off on that. Maybe I'll just sit down and read the articles verbatim and then just put out like a couple of shows throughout the week that will just be quick, like 15-minute shows. There you go. Maybe. I'll just read a couple of the weird U.S. shows. It is October. It is the... It's spooky month. Spooky month. Spooky Halloween, month. And Scarecrow's come to life. And Michael Myers is out there. And Jason Voorhees. And Have you ever had an, a supernatural experience? Several. But yeah. nothing like... Nothing crazy. Like, you know... I, I've mentioned it before. Both my parents passed away. But my mom was... She was a trickster. She was... She liked to play pranks. Shit's come up missing in this house. And it shows up someplace else. In another room. That was just shit that my mom did when she was alive. Like, she would just... If you left something out and she told you to pick it up, she'd pick it up and put it someplace else. But, like, yeah. So, and, and shit's happened around here. Like, when Har- or when Lexi was a baby, we literally heard someone singing in her room over the baby monitor. That would freak me out. Ooh, yeah, you that think? That would freak me out. We come upstairs. Well, I came upstairs... Probably dead sprint. Yeah. And saw like an image of an outline image, you know, the the typical ghostly white that you would see of my mom standing at my standing at Lexi's crib and I just kinda backed away and that was it. Like didn't go bursting into the room, like open the door quietly because Lexi was sleeping. Yeah. And maybe it was just picking up something else. And we've seen things like my dad, he's you know, a silhouette of him walking across, like, the the front of the house where the the staircase is to the bathroom. Right. You see a silhouette of him that is kind of, it's built like he is. So we just assumed it's him. Who else is going to haunt me? I mean, we've seen cats. Cause we used to have Abraham two cats. Lincoln. Maybe. We've had two cats. They both, honest to God, died in the same spot. That's weird. Like, the our cat, Tyler... That we called him Ty or Tyrant, sorry, Tyrant. We called him Ty. He died right there in front of the uh, the bathroom downstairs, and then Cinder died two years later in that same spot. I so wish, I wish you'd have told me this at some point before I have walked through that area several times. Well, you, you, in the mean, last couple of years, shit happens. <laughs> really, I mean, but it's those are the only things that have happened here. Now, in previous houses. I didn't have any, we didn't have any of this, but, but, but shit always comes up missing. Yeah. Like constantly comes up missing. And I just blame it on my mom. My sister has the same issue as well. Yeah. Like things just, we had, we've had stuff like that happen. Um, mainly not at our place. Um, I've heard noises in this new house we're at, but I can't fully pinpoint them. So as of right now, I'd say it's weird house noises I'm not yeah. used to. But we've been there. I mean, there's nothing that wakes me up. We've been there since spring, and and it's been fine. Um, but a friend of ours, uh, the Moors, they they used to live up in the same neighborhood we did on the west side of Columbus, southwest side. And there was always like laundry would get thrown out of the dryer, but like not just taken out and dumped on the floor, like thrown 
sporadically around the room. Oh, like Ghostbusters style. And, yeah. And now I'm remembering this based off, I, at this time, I was like Lexi's age or younger. So okay. I'm going off old memory. So I could be wrong. I'll have to, my friend Key, she lived there. Uh, and I, maybe I'll have to hit her up and have her validate these for me. Um, but the one that always stood out, there was one time where she was home alone. Parents were gone. Brother went and stayed with a friend. And uh, she fell asleep watching a movie. Well, back in the day, when a movie was done, a VHS, it would run all the way to the very end. Stop. and Stop, rewind, and then eject itself, usually. Usually. You know, that's what the VCRs were doing. This was mid-90s. So she fell asleep in the basement watching a movie. Now, with all the stuff that had happened happening, they found out there's this little boy entity kind of thing. It's, it's kind of what they thought. They didn't find it out. And they just named him Mikey. Okay. Or maybe there's a story where they asked his name and he wrote it. Somehow, I, I forget, but they, they called him Mikey. And if he was doing something, he'd say, hey, Mikey, you know, you're just being a little boy. Kind of like you being a prankster, like you're talking about. Right. Well, this one time, as I recall, she fell asleep and woke up. And not only had the movie around itself, but it was back in the VHS sleeve and on the shelf. And the TV was turned off. Oh, that's exciting. Which didn't just happen on TVs back then. So maybe she was sleepwalking. They went to move. Could be. I wouldn't. I all I know is stories. They went to move to Circleville, actually living just around the corner from where we live currently. I passed the house on a regular basis, and they went to leave. By this time, they'd lived with Mikey for years at the other place, at the old place up in right. Columbus. So they said, "Hey, Mikey, you know, good times and all." But we're leaving. We don't know who the new family is or what they're like. But they, they were never really, it wasn't this like poltergeist fighting, scratching. Yeah. It was just, there's something going on here. This little boy named Mikey does what he does, you know. So the story that I got, and again, I was a kid, they could have been just blowing smoke at my butt. But they put out an empty box, said, we're going to make one last trip to the truck. If you want to come with us, hop in this box. So it's just a cardboard box. Yeah. Light. They close the flaps, tape it up, go to pick it up, and feel there's weight to it. Ooh. So a couple people carried the box of Mikey out. Get to the new place in Circleville. Well, it doesn't have a basement in Circleville, but it had one of those, like, go outside, walk down to a cellar thing. Yeah. So they supposedly took the box to that new house down in the cellar, opened it up, and, or I don't know if they opened it or they went back the next day and found it opened, which hmm. would be creepier. That would be creepier. But, uh, yeah, so that was their story of Mikey. Um, and then my great grandma, now here's the thing. I, I don't know if I believe in, I don't call them ghosts, but supernatural spirits, apparitions. Um, but I think there's a battle of good and evil that goes on. Yeah, I'm sure. There I'm is. not sure how to explain that over the air. That would make sense to people, but I do believe there's angels and demons battling, so to speak. You're the angel. I'm the demon. Um, I don't know. If We're <laughs> vocally battling. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the angel. But, I'm uh, going to go ahead and go with I'm the demon because you didn't drink good whiskey when we started the show, and now you do, and you collect. I don't collect as much anymore. Well, I mean, if you're buying a Of course, I did start my infinity a... bottle, and I had so many, like, almost empties that it's half full already. Uh, I just, like, poured them all in. I can't remember. Did I mention that my infinity bottle is going to be Ryan Wheat? Yeah, you okay. Did. Yeah, right. we talked about that. All right, never mind. Um, I almost poured a bourbon into it. But stop myself. 
Yeah, so mine are all bourbon so far, all five of them. Um, but yeah, my great grandma would always see stuff. Uh, she was one of the most godly women I know, and one of the most loving. She was short, plump, little, baked for everybody. She was everybody's grandma, kind of grandma, right? And uh, she had a story where she was staying in a friend's house and sleeping on their couch, and the couch was in the living room under the stairs that go upstairs, that Harry Potter room. style. And sure, I haven't seen Harry Potter, so. Uh, she was laying on the couch middle of the night. She felt this weird present and opened her eyes and she could kind of see through the wall, a tall, pale man and long black hair, black top hat, all black suit. Kind of looked like your stereotypical horror movie, um, slender man, funeral and not slender. I mean, she could see facial features and everything, not slender man, but following behind him was a short pudgy little guy dressed in all white, white hair, kind of glowing. Boss hog. And yeah, yeah. Boss hog. So Slender Man and Boss Hog come down the steps. But she said that they the the tall guy walked over, stood right over top of her and looked down at her and kinda of gave her this wicked grin. And she said, May I help you? And the short chubby guy that was dressed in all white said, Don't lay a hand on her, she's not yours. And at hmm. that the guy the guy dressed in black got really mad and vanished and the other guy smiled at her. She said, I felt this peace over me. And he vanished, and I went back to sleep. Hmm. Now, my grandma was of sound mind. She was not a liar. She was vehemently against lying. She'd be the first to admit her mistakes. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I heard stories like that, and it kind of makes me go, I don't know what's going on. That sounds like but death and kind of yeah. a, I don't, I don't know who the, I the guy a, in white would be. but Angel-type figure. I don't. I don't know. That's just the story the way I remember it. The Grim Reaper. She did have a glass uh, cooking pot. She was cooking on a stove, lived in a trailer, and for some reason they cracked her, so like blew up. Well, glass cooking pots aren't meant to be put on open flames. So they will be. go off like a gunshot. Well, it did that. And this yeah. was way this was way back late eighties, early nineties. And she stood there, she lived alone. She stood there for a minute. Um there was glass shards because her Stove, you could look over across the family room. There are glass shards like over. Oh, yeah. Hitting the wall on the other side, all around her, behind her. But there's a circle around her, even on the floor where there's not a speck of glass. Hmm. And that's, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. Right. Well, the only reason I know about the glass shard is my dumbass roommate at the time decided none of the pan, pots and pans were clean. Like he was him and his brother that I lived with were the worst for doing dishes. Yeah. And they had to be done by hand, but they were the worst for doing dishes. So he just took out a Pyrex bowl for baking. Yeah. Put ravioli in it, Chef Boyardee. Put it over an open flame. Comes back into the room. We we continue to play whatever it was we were playing, Half-Life. Or, yeah. And you just hear this loud explosion like a gunshot. And ravioli is all over everywhere. the kitchen. Everywhere. <laughs> Y'all redecorated. And I'm like. I looked at him like, you're cleaning this shit up. <laughs> so he gets a broom. To sweep up ravioli? To sweep up ravioli. <laughs> I'm like, you are not the smart. Like, how do you have straight A's as an MIT major Book smart. at DeVry? But you are dumber than shit. His brother comes running up. He's like, who? who? I'm like, fucking your brother. Dave, Dave, dumbass Dave. Pyrex Bowl. You can be book smart and be a complete idiot. Oh, I know. So. I know. But anyway, all right, let's round this episode out. 
so we got the Noble Oak. Yes. Um, we've decided that ghosts are real, and uh, Jack's a dumbass for staying in that hotel room. Um, Noble Oak, Double Oak Bourbon. Very good. With Sherry Oak Staves. Thoughts? I like it. Little nutty, little fruity. All good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't... I. It's different than what I remember our sample being. So I'm going to have to let it sit. Might as well say it's a fresh bottle. Fresh bottle just open. Pop that cork. You heard that pork. That, the pork that, that, you heard that porpoise. You heard that purpose pop. <laughs> so, excuse me. Um, so you heard that cork pop. And I think we're going to have to come back and revisit this. Let it in a, in a month or so. Yeah. Two months, six months. I like it. I like it. I like it now. I'm interested to see what it's going to be like if it's the same. And I didn't try it with water or anything, but. I did a little bit of water. It didn't really open it up much. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see if it's the same as the sample that was given to us. Because the sample that was given to us was a little sweeter than this is. I thought I remembered it being as such. This was a, This wasn't really sweet to me. But it did taste fruity. Yeah. So. so, all in all, I give it a two and a half. Go out and get yourself a bottle. I'm going with that on it. Uh, I wouldn't. It's not something I would go like seek out. But if you see it sitting there, yeah, pick it up. Especially at the price point. Oh yeah, well For worth it. Thirty five bucks or whatever. I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Pick this up. I agree. So. All right. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Insta, Google, to Instagram. And you can Google Buckhorn Podcast, and you will get uh, about 2,000 results, and any one of them will take you to us. Because <laughs> we are it. Because that's it. You'll get, like, Buckhorn Lodge, and but Buckhorn Podcast will take you directly to us. Uh, for that, I'm Martel. He's Randy. We're out. Peace. Peace.